You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Good morning listeners. Welcome to Top of the Morning by Mint. Your weekday newscast that brings you five major stories from the world of business. It's Friday, February 23rd, 2024. This is Nelson John and here are the top stories. Top of the Morning by Mint. Sensex and Nifty surged on Thursday. Both market indices increased by 0.74% with Nifty hitting a record high. ABB India and Tata Investment turned out to be the top gainers of the day. Nifty wasn't the only market to hit a record high. Nearly 6000 kilometers away, Japan's Nikkei hit an all-time high too. While the Nifty had to wait for a day to break its previous high, Nikkei has waited 34 years for this moment. Cumulative profits worth 266 billion dollars from Nikkei's 225 companies were the main reason for this sudden change in market fortunes. Our partners at the Wall Street Journal reported that widespread optimism about artificial intelligence and the impact it can have on Japan's stock market also played a crucial role in this historic boom. First, it was touted to be the ChatGPT killer. Soon enough, that turned into Google killer. Is that really possible? The internet and Google are nearly synonymous. Combining artificial intelligence and online searches is what Perplexity AI does best. Perplexity positions itself as a conversational search engine. In other words, it's like Google in concierge mode. You can ask it a question and it responds in natural language, citing its sources or links. Leslie Demont, Mint's resident tech buff, spoke to Arvind Srinivas, co-founder and CEO of Perplexity. Srinivas, who has a computer science PhD from UC Berkeley, recounts his journey of building Perplexity from scratch and his year-long stint at OpenAI, the parent company of ChatGPT. Nvidia and Jeff Bezos are investors in Perplexity AI. This is an interesting and fun read, especially if you're interested in advancements in AI. The Red Sea, a strait sandwiched between the Arabian Peninsula on the east and eastern African countries on the west, is under the spotlight again. This narrow passage connects the Mediterranean to the Arabian Sea via the Suez Canal, forming one of the world's major trading routes. But since mid-December, the number of crude oil carriers taking the route has decreased by over 60%. The Red Sea crisis caused by the Houthis in Yemen has multiple moving parts. The Yemeni rebel group has been attacking cargo ships passing through the strait as a response to Israel's bombardment of Gaza. On Tuesday, Ruby Mar, a British cargo ship was hit by two missiles fired by Houthi rebels. For the first time since the crisis broke out in November, the ship had to be abandoned and is at the risk of sinking. So, is there a solution in sight? What is the financial impact of this crisis? What sectors have been affected? Mint senior editor and Madhavan tackles these questions. Foreign direct investment or FDI has been a contentious topic at the policy level. But for India's space sector, which was privatized only in 2020, FDI could prove to be helpful. Late on Wednesday, the union cabinet approved a new foreign investment policy in the space sector, allowing FDI ranging from 49 to 100%. 
According to the new policy, up to 49% automatic foreign investment will be allowed in space launch vehicles or rockets. This means no government approval will be required for up to a 49% investment into any Indian space tech company. The same policy allows up to a 74% investment in satellite manufacturers, while satellite component manufacturers can be up to 100% foreign funded. According to Pawan Goenka, the chairman of the government's nodal space body, in space, the new FDI policy could help the Indian space industry generate $1 trillion in revenue by 2040. Mint's technology correspondent Shovik Das examines the implications of allowing FDI into India's space sector, which is set to capture 8% of the global space economy by 2033. At one point, Unacademy was doing as well as any edtech startup in the country. It is also among one of India's unicorns, which are privately held companies valued at over a billion dollars. Then, they ended up going on an acquisition spree, and the world changed post-COVID. Today, Unacademy is an unviable place. So, how did this happen? To tell you more about this story, we've invited Samiksha Goel, the author of the story, onto the show. Here's a conversation with Sashwat Mahanti about Mint's deep dive into Unacademy. We're here with Samiksha Goel, special correspondent and part of Mint's startups and new economy team. Samiksha worked on a story about Unacademy and its journey till now. So Samiksha, can you give us a basic background on Unacademy? Hi. Uh, so Unacademy is a very important startup and uh, one that is being watched uh, closely in the ecosystem, especially after Baiju's the largest edtech company in the country, you know, has imploded. Han Academy essentially provides test prep coaching, uh, you know, originally online, but now it's expanding to offline. It started as a YouTube channel in 2010 and became a tech platform in 2015. The company is co-founded by Roman Saini, Gaurav Munjal and Himesh Singh. Gaurav Munjal continues to be the face of the startup. Right. And how did Unacademy find itself in the difficult position it is in currently? So, during the pandemic, uh, Unacademy, like the tech industry overall, saw exponential growth. That was the boom period, right? It raised a total funding of close to $880 million from marquee investors like SoftBank, Loom, PeakXV Partners, and Nexus Venture Partners. A solid story, except... COVID receded and traditional education setups, you know, including schools, coaching centers and colleges all came back into the picture. Now it's an existential question for the company and it's been looking to find answers for some time. But so far, there's a lot of uncertainty. The online business has been declining. Offline comes with its own challenges. It has tried and burnt its hand in other categories as well be it the K-12 segment, which is a term for school grades prior to college, or something similar to an upskilling platform, which was called ReLevel. Uh, Cohesive, which is an AI-generative product, and NextLevel, which is a recruitment platform and one of the company's main focus areas. But I think, one, it's something that has happened with the sector itself, and uh, now it's a question of survival for all the companies. Uh, and an academy's competitors. But second, uh, from my conversations with current and former employees as well, you know, as industry executives, it's a culture of rushed experimentation 
uh, you know, starting projects quickly and closing them down before they could start showing results. That has come to, you know, bite the company. Uh, it has also led to a lot of attrition in the company. And, you know, in my conversations with employees, uh, they suggest that it had impacted, you know, some of the people said that it had impacted their morale and they had to leave eventually because they couldn't see if the company has a direction. And the founder himself, Gaurav Munjal, also acknowledged, you know, attrition at the company. And uh, this has led to a lot of attrition in the company, including senior level exits. You know, Gaurav himself said that it probably spread itself too thin. And I think that's one of the major reasons why the company is in a position, you know, other than the sectoral, uh, inherent sectoral problems. So what's next for this troubled startup? I think there is a realization within the company that acquisitions haven't really worked out. And that's a strategy that the founders are not focusing on anymore. The company needs to focus on fewer products. And uh, I think Gaurav also understands that. But considering Gaurav is a person who also believes in fast experimentation, in my conversation with him, he mentioned that fast experimentation is a feature, not a bug. It will be interesting to see how he is able to execute it. Plus, offline comes with its own challenges, be it competition or reducing faculty costs. But if it can nail offline, it can still become a decent business. Uh, if it is going to raise, you know, capital and if it is able to fetch the same valuation is a different question. We hope you like the cameo from Samiksha. Let us know by writing to us at feedback at the rate You may send us feedback, tips or anything that you feel we should be covering from your vantage point in the world of business and finance. That's all for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back on Monday with a fresh episode of Top of the Morning. Have a nice day and a wonderful weekend ahead. Top of the Morning by Mint.